Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. Welcome to Two Black Girls, One Rose. We're two black girls invading the messiest reality dating shows on earth. I'm Natasha. And I'm Justine. And this season, we're recapping Lifetime TV's hit show, Married at First Sight in Nashville. Married at First Sight (laughs) is a full-on hot mess of a social experiment. Each week on our podcast, we recap the latest episode and dissect the trials and tribulations these five newly married couples are going through, while also dissecting relevant dating, marriage, and relationship topics. And after five years deep in Bachelor Nation, we're now diving into the Married at First Sight universe. So come join us. Listen to us on all podcast platforms every Thursday and join our amazing community on Patreon at patreon.com slash twoblackgirlsfunnels. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Welcome to the Quick Stop Formula One podcast. My name is Nyasha and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Joining me as ever is my co-host and co-founder, Tandy Sabanda. Tandy, how are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. I said something sad on Twitter. I think everyone thinks I'm I'm depressed (laughs) and uh, I'm not guys i really appreciate the support and the messages i feel bad when i say things i'm really sarcastic um and i think i said that my life was falling apart (laughs) it's it's not no it's not not falling apart it's Uh, not you know i've I've had a bad day but that's just work it's just work normal work day i've got a glass of red wine you know don't worry wow i'm so jealous what wine is it is it good it is actually a really cheap Aldi wine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, don't life tell. Life is falling apart. Yeah, life is falling apart. Grab that off the shelf with the quickness. Um, <laughs> but look, it's not about me. It's not our guest. It's always our guest. Look, this guy, friend of the show, look. <laughs> the smooth operator. Hey, Tandy with the lyrics. Come on, come on. Operator. Hey. With a voice that melts like butter. It really does. And you may have seen him on our pre-show doing you incredible hot laps. You've seen him on our fan forum podcast. And now we've got him on as a guest, friend of the show, man like AMG Dens. Dens, how is it going? Oh, Nyasha, Tandy, thank you so much for having me on the platform again. Honestly, it means the world to me. And also a huge shout out to the Quick Stop F1 Nation. You guys are the best. Big up your damn selves every single time. <laughs> nice death. Honestly, the greatest content, greatest uh, F1 oh community. And I'm so proud of the movement and progress that we're making as well. Wow. It's absolutely sensational. Then yeah. you're giving me goosebumps, yeah. but I'm not. You know, it's <laughs> Appreciate you, Denzel. Thank you for being on the show today. My um, pleasure. So, look, um, first and foremost, if you're watching this, making sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, comment, say hello. Uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, all of them things that they really help. I think I asked you guys to review on spot on Spotify. We went from 84 to like 115 or something. And that is incredible. We need more. 
Bloody hell! You yeah. not like us like that? Whoa! Yeah, it's crazy. And we, I was looking at other podcasts. I was like, oh, these guys have only got like a few hundred. I was like, we could get. Not you spying on other people. I uh, uh, look. I'm spying on all of them. I even I even listen. I listen to some podcasts with love, like Pit Stop Fracker, uh, and a couple other. <laughs> on the chicane. <laughs> That's not a podcast. Though. I keep. I don't want to say like I listen to on the chicane. It's a podcast because it's not a podcast. I have to be very clear about that. Um, but um, anyway, it's not about the other podcast. Just re- just review us. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, uh, but then uh, we're coming off of a, a Grand Prix, a Saudi Arabia Grand Prix, which is it's been a madness it feels like it, it we were really kind of locked into that grand prix the whole weekend for reasons kind of outside of on the track stuff i guess uh, i'd love to get your thoughts on essentially how what you thought of the situation that arose on friday night so for those who maybe don't know i guess just as a quick rundown during practice on Friday, there was a, a missile strike missile. on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, there was a missile strike um, on the Aramco site, 10 miles from the circuit. Obviously, it created a huge explosion. There was smoke. You could see that from the track. Long story short, F1 said the race was still going ahead. The drivers held their own meeting late at night uh, you know around half an hour the decision was given which lasted for about three four hours where it was clear that they didn't want to race but they were then kind of persuaded to to carry on then what are your thoughts i guess on that whole situation and i guess just in general about racing in saudi arabia and and you know everything that that kind of brings up Great question, bro. And boy, here we go again, as in the great words of Carl Johnson from GTA. Here we go again, because to me, it shouldn't have taken place. It highlights that F1 is a, like an atomony of just or the epitome of contradictions, which I'll come back to. And Sir Lewis Hamilton warned us about this two years ago when he said in 2020, cash is king. You know, you have to look at the contradictions that are being and taking place here because it was only a couple of weeks ago they refused to uh, race in um, Russia, which obviously there's been an ongoing dispute and a, a war going on between them and Russia, we're fully aware of. However, they refused to cancel the race and in the middle of the epicenter of an ongoing conflict between Saudi Arabia and Yemen, as you rightly pointed out as well, with missiles 10 kilometers around the circuit for context the north slifer nurburgring is longer and farther away from the missiles than the missiles themselves were from the track which is nuts and listen you guys have pointed it out perfectly corporate greed in this thing because i could just imagine russ braun the managing director and you know stefano dominicali the ceo of the formula one group going to the driver's meeting and saying boom all right you see us here secured this fat bag from these promoters jeez you see the millies mm-hmm. this racks on racks in the corner we just secured our deal so you see you lewis tota you man yeah yeah speak for you man still you guys just have to just um soak it up just take it in 
literally, if you know, you see one or two fireworks or explosions, might just be fireworks, it will come. And I'm sure that they would have probably gaslighted the situation and tried to make it seem that it wasn't as serious as it was. And this is really sad. You know, it shows that the, the whole commercial group has no regard for humanity and human life. It's POP, profits over people, because at the end of the day, they endangered the lives of marshals, fans, drivers, teams. And it's not just the drivers and, and the, the mechanics, it's the engineers, it's the catering staff, it's the media teams, all of them. You know, I'm so thankful yeah. Uh, as far as we know, at least, you know, not one hair on their bodies have been hurt or touched as a result of this race that we took place. But yeah, they took a lot of unnecessary risks. And um, it's this, you know, as I said before, an epitome or an epitome of many contradictions that we've seen with the FIA and the whole circus over the last couple of years. That's all you fun to listen to. <laughs> very, very, very. I mean, it's had some applause for that. Because I was definitely correct. If my button works, we're going to insert it after. So, <laughs> Tandy, um, Dan's made a point about it being a yeah. circus. Like, for you, mm-hmm. I, know, I know you text me. Uh, on, text you? you text me on Saturday saying this is wrong. Uh, you're not, not what happy. I said accurately. I think I said this. You want me to read it up? Also, can you come closer to your microphone, please? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, could you bring your microphone closer to you because you're gonna look like you are. Doing... Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, could, could you? Yeah, yeah. Could you just bring... um, right, two seconds, yeah. Tandy. I am going to get your message up. Your message said. Uh-huh. Uh I think this whole thing at Jeddah is disgusting. <laughs> also, my mum just offered a Zoom subscription. <laughs> <laughs> um so um and we're on zoom right now so yeah. the shout out uh tandy's mum one and only uh yeah. absolute g yeah. so um yeah it's disgusting why is it disgusting it's disgusting because you could see from the faces you know if anyone saw the fake pictures from the little the driver's secret little meeting they looked distressed you look absolutely like frightened and you would be like we are not monkeys to be put on show yes we have signed up but this is a humanity thing but it's clear that this country does not give a fuck this fia does not give a fuck about humanity sorry censor that out and and it's just a reflection of it no one gives a fuck about the drivers we they've signed a contract that's like it's like when you're in school and you're like, I don't want to play PE because, you know, I haven't got me boots or I'm fr- it's freezing outside, it's raining. And they're like, the teacher's like, no, go out there, but a hundred times worse because there's missiles raining from the fucking sky. So we do definitely need to start thinking about, well, we don't have to start thinking about it. It just reflects, as Dems just said, like the morals of Formula One in general, the lack there of morals and the lack there of care for anybody apart from the money. We get an A-Rab money! <laughs> we are. Uh, well, they are. And um, also, mm-hmm. the, that song got cancelled, so let's not sing that yeah, song. Yeah, that song got cancelled. <laughs> did you No. No, no, exactly. <laughs> DJ Khaled saw the error of his ways. Stefano Domenicali clearly has not. Um, but we did. Are we still doing the Russian GP? We're not. No, it got cancelled. Oh, we're not. It got cancelled, didn't it? 
Yeah, it got cancelled. So we want to question the dynamics around them things, but you know, we we know what's going on, guys. We know what's going on. The sport is fucked. <laughs> I'm so, Basically, I'm sick of like this sport is lurching from one madness to another, and it is just. Someone said it. I think it was Curtis, uh, big old Curtis Modric, editor of Autocar, Car Magazine. Car Magazine. He said Formula One is is going to eat itself, and I I could not agree more. Like, um, that's all they care about. And look, I keep saying this. I understand. Um. I understand. Last no, 2020 and 2021 reduced revenues. There was no, hardly anyone at the races. COVID. They had to put on a show. All this, that, and the other. You know, um, you they have to get that money back somehow. You but know, surely we've made it back by now with all them fucking expensive ass tickets. Well, they would. They would have. I actually got an email for for my for Miami earlier and I was like oh let me see how much that is not going so um very expensive very expensive so um all I would say is uh that I I get it but like for them to be chasing money on this level and for them to to be uh, to just you know uh, for them to yeah just just disregard safety in the name of a formula one race like you know of course you know toto's words say you know this is probably the safest place in saudi arabia right now not very classy but also you know you can imagine that that place was armed to the teeth like they had obviously incredibly distasteful it was distasteful. It wasn't the only distasteful thing that that uh, that toto said this weekend either um i think there's a whole conversation to be had around how we discuss conflict in countries that are not European. And I think we've seen that with Ukraine and I guess Dens, um, how much, how much of a stain on, I guess, the reputation of F1 is this, I guess, you know, does it really affect them? You know, they've done it now, nothing happened, you know, they race there, you know, do you think there'll be any lasting consequences or is this just, uh, you know, a, a day in the life of, of, of the sport? Uh, great question there, bro. And to be honest, it depends how you look at it. I think from the short term, no, these guys don't care. They're very thankful that nothing actually happened, thank God. And they're able to just run off into the distance with the bag they just secured no doubt but definitely in the long-term events of the sport it absolutely leaves a a huge blemish because going back to my other kind of statement f1 being the epitome of contradictions you saw so many with this race like i've touched on the fact that liberty media have said that you know they're going to campaign for this whole no war uh like thing that they had which you saw the drivers clearly protesting and campaigning for in bahrain and then you go to a country with an ongoing conflict then cool you got fom the formula one management saying we race as one and then in drive to survive it's become the race against one when it was everybody biased against Mercedes and Lewis. And then the worst one, the people I really have to stick it onto is the FIA because they had a howler this weekend. And 
short term and long term because um, I wasn't quite sure if you guys were following the F2. There was an incident where a car had a really heavy crash. I think it was Logan Sargent, American F2 driver. His car stranded on the side of the wall. And rather than red flagging the race completely, they brought two heavy duty JCB extractors on the circuit whilst they've still got marshals and cars driving around like Allah Jules Bianchi, which is nuts to me. You think that these people would have learned. And it doesn't stop there either. You know, Mick had the mother who accidents on Saturday. You know, I, I laugh from a place of discomfort because it literally could have just happened like that. And, and again, like a blip, like a blip. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, just um, it, it highlights some of the faults with the, they were so they were in such a hurry to secure the bag with this venue with the promoters that they've compromised on certain basic fundamental track features like this track lacks a lot of runoff areas so it would link back to why those uh, heavy duty extractors were on the circuit because there was no way that they could extract the car through an escape road and again we saw the same thing happen on the sunday when ricardo broke down and i'm sure we'll touch on this later on the in the in the podcast but you saw Lewis going past and everyone was saying, oh, why didn't Lewis box? But as Lewis was driving by, if you look at the onboard of his car, you can see Ricardo walking or like getting out of the cockpit of the McLaren on the race circuit with cars still going over speeds of excess of 40 or 50 miles an hour. And then Marshall was pushing a car down a pit lane when you have the likes of Kevin Magnussen and Hulkenberg pitting because the FIA didn't react in time and close the pit lane entry too. It's bonkers. It's so bizarre, but it just highlights all of these flaws that we've mentioned. And soon it is going to add up and there's only so many times you can escape fate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. There's so many things and I think you're right. We will get to the Hamilton thing later because I think there's an argument there about the team, Hamilton, FIA, between the three of them, why didn't he come into the pits and you know whatever there's been a lot of debate about that but i guess tandy before we move on from this um for me you know what someone said in the fucking live show the other day it really pissed me off because they're right but you know when someone reads you for filth and you're like why did you have to read me like that they they said that i did the pregnant pause thing like will buxton and now i know it's myself doing it (laughs) but do you know what that is i'd say that's the thing i enjoy most about listening to the podcast because when you do the pregnant pause yours isn't as underwhelming as will buxton's yours Uh, is always a great thing that's why i always if you look at me in the camera I'm always like, what is he going to say? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we can see that from when I was trying to praise Lewis Hamilton. And I was like, Lewis, <laughs> I love you. And then your eyes went, mm, what are you about to say? Anyway, <laughs> let's not talk about that. Um, so what I was going to ask was, <sighs> fans of the sport who are... Um, <clears throat> One of the things about Formula One, right, is that they're saying that we need to go to these places, not need to, but we go to these places to shine a light on 
what is happening in these areas, right? And to spread the gospel of sport, essentially, in house. He did that part. He didn't say, but essentially, it is like you know, we're taking ourselves what rich the hierarchy, the pyramid. Is that what we're trying to shine a light on? Because I'm not seeing anything here. All I'm seeing is money. Well, yeah. So you know, there's the obvious corruption. Um, but I guess Daniel Ricardo can't even finish a, a, an interview without even giving an explanation of what he thinks about. What are you shining a light on? <laughs> um, <laughs> Surely you don't believe your own lies. Surely not. But Nyasha, just to add to that point as well, it vexes me. It vexes me so hard because. It's not like somebody put a gun to these people's head and said, you have to do the immoral, corrupt, bad mind thing, you know. There are more sustainable things they could do for the best of of F1. You know, you've got an emerging market in one of the biggest continents in the world, Africa. You've got an existing circuit that has raced Formula One in the the past. Shout out to all my South Africans because they're amazing too. Shout out to all our South African fans. We love you. We're coming. We're coming. But again, you know, just to kind of highlight that point, you've got GT3 that races there regularly. You've got World Endurance Championships that race there regularly. Why? Why is it that when it came to Zanvor, they spent millions, if not billions, redeveloping the circuit? And they did the same with Imola too. But then when it's countries that are outside of Europe or, you know, the, the affluent ones of such in the big circle, how was it when it comes to Kailami? They can't invest and, and upgrade the license to make it suitable for these modern day Formula One cars. It's an absolute farce. They don't have oil money. Mm. Big oil money. Mm. That Nikita Mazepin flex. That, Big that. oil money. <laughs> I mean, sorry, it's crazy. we have, you know, platinum, a little bit of, you know, we have stones. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, no, for sure. And look, you're not, you're both not wrong. Devil's advocate. I hate being that guy. Devil's advocate. People will say, oh, look, we're not going to listen to them bad mind cunts that are saying, um, uh, oh, is the C word? I can't say the C word. Is that bad? I, okay. I'm surprised came out your mouth. Yeah, no, because what I'm about to say is something bad that they say. Oh, like, uh, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll beep that. But so. <laughs> we can't listen you know the bad man they're like uh you know africans wouldn't be able to afford to go anyway um africans like these you know these africans there's a lot of disparaging remarks about africa and especially obviously about south africa a lot of people don't know like obviously i've got a south african family i know short handy you've got a south african family like we are actually part south african so yeah. it, it it's very offensive it's extra offensive to us when we hear like that side of things Anyway, it should be offensive to anyone because the idea that a country which hosted a whole World Cup mm-hmm. couldn't host a Formula One race, given the right circumstances, is is ridiculous. Anyway, mm-hmm. some people might say that it needs investment, like government investment, private investment, uh, essentially backing to, to make it happen or to pay the race fee, you know. The Saudi Arabian countries are paying 45, 55 million for the races. This is before any track. So, I'm sure if we were to look through them books, there's something there that's not adding up about what would. <laughs> you stopped talking. I was like, is, is the it's mic on? <laughs> I'm pretty no. sure if we look through the books of the business that's being done within with the 
Saudi Arabians and certain European countries. Some numbers aren't adding up. Certain investors have done something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and and this is the thing. So, where is that? Where is that money coming from? And mm-hmm. and also, don't keep talking about a race in South Africa, and have promoters from South Africa saying we're ready to go. Like to upgrade to get us to grade one, the upgrades needed are minor. Like for us, like we, all we need is to know that there's going to be a Grand Prix, and then we can make those upgrades in the same way that uh, was it. Was it Saudi Arabia that needed to know there was going to be a Grand Prix and then they just built the circuit? Was, was it that or Qatar? I'm sorry, I can't remember which which circuit um, was basically built last minute, last season. But, you know, I surely as a business, if it means so much about going to Africa, you would enable that process. You would be working together with Kyle Army to ensure that they got the backing they deserved. You would be doing as good a price as you would give to Monaco. I think Monaco pays fifteen million pounds per season for their for their for their right to host the Grand Prix. Of course there's history there, but I bet they do. Well, yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's an opportunity to create or to cultivate an entire market there. It would be historic and you would be then this thing, F one is there's still old white men doing the business and with that becomes the kind of mindset and thinking instead of forward thinking action look drive to survive wouldn't have happened the way it was if mercedes uh, signed up and red bull signed up it would have been a standard end of year review of, of just on track the only reason they started putting in stories is because they had to fill time because the two biggest teams uh for sorry ferrari and mercedes didn't sign up and then by accident they stumbled across this keeping up with the hornets uh, platform and that's like grown the fucking sport but they didn't think to do that they stumbled across it so, so the good things that happened in formula one some of them are an accident they're not even meant to be the people who are in charge are clearly clueless because we have in situations where you are not going to Russia because there's war, but we'll go to Jeddah. There's a strike at the track near the track, but this is the safest place to be. You know, it, it just with no war campaign, but you know we we're not obviously we're going to stay in this war region. It just doesn't make sense. It's not for anyone of colour's interest, really, this sport. And we always have to fight against it rather than feeling embraced by it. And it's really fucking annoying. And this weekend really highlighted that. And But we move. Don't shut yourself. That was a nice speech. I liked it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> still used to getting new new things here. Um, so um, let's go. And there, there was some racing. Jeddah. Um, Jeddah. Uh, I know you touched on the, the track earlier. Um, we did have this conversation, I remember, last year as well. I can't remember. I was with Tommy was on the show. We were talking about how dangerous the track is. They've made some improvements, but it's still a men- it's still a mental track. I guess we've had two races there and we have had big accidents, but luckily no one was okay. And I guess the reason Mick Schumacher didn't race the next day is because they didn't want to uh, jeopardize having a spare car for Australia. So if he'd if he'd crashed again, there would be no car essentially for for Australia. So it, it, he was fine medically to race, but 
is this track a bit too much? Or, or are we just being sensitive? And this is what Formula One is about. It's about fast, fast tracks. Please think of the children. (laughs) (laughs) And some of these guys are young men, like, you know, um, but are, are we, am I, yeah are we being sensitive or are there genuine concerns about how dangerous this this track is um no to answer the question simply no nyasha absolutely not because at the end of the day you know there's no like recourse for something like that happening i don't feel that people should feel that they're being sensitive or being concerned for you know human well-being of course and we've seen I, I really think that this track doing some research on it because it's not even designed by herman tilker which is the normal guy that does the ziggy zaga 90 degree corners long streets yada 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 it's his son Carsten, son which again is nuts because F1 i don't know bringing ting bruv honestly exactly it's just like it's not even just like they're giving track designers or architects from different backgrounds the opportunity to you know hold the torch of such it's just like an incestual thing like running and passing through the family which is yeah. mad but yeah you don't know like how much experience Carsten has to me as well um guys it just felt like a complete the whole design just feels like a knee-jerk reaction to lazy formula one fan saying oh street circuits are boring oh my god you call yeah. my take on them oh. and then Carsten and his dad now said yeah is that what you man think, yeah? <laughs> street circuits are boring, yeah? Boom! All right. Faster street circuit, 160 mile per hour average speeds, blind corners. You can't even see the apex of the next corner. No runoff. Most brutal circuit. Yeah, just it has its pros. It has its cons. But you don't want to be endangering people. You don't want to wait. You don't want to be reactive. You want to be proactive with any like crash prevention measures you could put in. And yeah, I, I just think it's just been an element of luck and, and blessings or the fact that we haven't had a fatality or anything too seriously. I think last year previously, a car stood on the grid, a driver drove into the back of the, um, the other driver and that I guess could happen on any circuit. So that's a given, but people have a, a right to be concerned because at the end of the day, you don't want to see young people losing their lives in such tragic conditions just because of corporate greed. And they need to proactively review. It's not enough to just say, well, you know, we we put a couple of pyrotechnics so the drivers can see a big screen 60 yards out what's happening in the third sector. That's not good enough. You know, it's not good enough when you have two JCB extractors on the circuit with marshals and still cars on the circuit. That's not good enough. It's not good enough that you've got Fernando Alonso and Ricardo parked on the pit lane entry and Magnus and Hulkenberg are still trying to get into the pits because the FIA haven't closed the pits. That's not good enough, you know? And until, you know, it's sad. I feel until something happens, God forbid, touch wood, it's tough and we say in the caribbean like if you don't hear you must feel so i hope that they don't have to feel honest to god i feel like my mum said that to me at some point she's not even caribbean um so, but, uh, i hear it tandy mm-hmm. i think Denz has said that as perfectly as anyone could say it to be honest i i brother it's mad yeah like you and Tommy, it's just like, <laughs> bro, it's just crazy. Butter. Um, 
so Tandy qualifying Saturday. Where shall I start with this? Let's just let's just get into it. Mercedes, um, Hamilton, sixteenth out of Q one for the first time since then. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this twenty seventeen? Yeah. 2017 in Brazil. I think he'd already won the championship and he's just yeah. doing a bad thing, doing a bit of Jim Connor drifting he? and he crashed at a high speed corner. But he'd already won the championship, so nobody cared. Yeah. Um, I this think time the, we do care, though. Mm. This time we do care. This time we care. <laughs> um, it's the first time on pace, I think it's since 2009, that he's missed uh, Q3. Uh, Tandy. So the reason for it is that, I mean, he was pretty, he was okay. And obviously he wasn't great. The Mercedes car isn't great. We know that. But uh, he was comfortably fifth or sixth fastest, probably fifth fastest, you know, uh, a, a tenth or two ahead of George, but obviously still behind the two teams ahead of Mercedes right now. But they went for a setup change between FP3 and uh, Q1. And that setup change did not work. And the car felt twitchy. He didn't have confidence in it. It was clear that he was going to struggle to get out of Q1 from the get-go. I guess just your thoughts on what is turning out to be a difficult start for for, for Lewis Hamilton. And what we thought would be a procession, given um, the fact that Mercedes didn't... Develop the car last season. <laughs> yeah, so as always, Lewis is a great sportsman. He's a trooper. He'll never complain. You won't hear him on the radio crying too tough, and he'll always try to keep the, the fan spirits up. Um, and I guess he has hope in it. That that fact, obviously, that he hasn't been in that position since 2017 is disheartening um however you know just i guess keep the spirits up and keep it going on what we can do in terms of um mercedes um beautiful garments um <laughs> beautiful gowns <laughs> beautiful gowns beautiful gowns, <laughs> gowns. Beautiful. um <laughs> yeah <laughs> Jeez, if silence could speak. Ay, ay, ay. No, it's peak. It's very peak. You know what? Like, you know what? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Formula One is a sport that one can enjoy and actually stand several, several races and several teams um you know the dominant teams have always been mercedes and red bull this year we can see there's new teams who are getting the limelight etc and it opens you to a new perspective this podcast would not be fun if we just came on every day and we were amg fans i want to make it clear that uh yes i am still pro amg um but it is (laughs) we are still open to to liking a few other guys and you know what i look and I see Charles doing his thing, and I see, you know, Charles doing his thing. And 
I'm like, okay, I'm actually happy for him. But I mean, so it's really. So open. basically, you've seen Charles doing his thing, and let's 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 get into this now. Yeah. Because you're not the only one. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. No, but I'm not like them. I know who you're thinking, but I'm not like them. No, no, no. I'm not saying you're like anyone. I'm just saying, I. Charles is a charming person. Okay. Charismatic. Grown on me. Charming, handsome man. Okay. <laughs> let's just. Grown on me. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. You wouldn't be the only one. I like seeing, I like seeing signs happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see, to hear Lewis say, I can't keep up with the house. We are living in a glitch. Yeah. And what I'm saying to you guys, my fellow Mercedes fans, is I need you guys to ride the glitch or mm. will not enjoy the season. Yeah. Ride the glitch, <clears throat> ride the technicalities of it all. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's okay to stand Yuki Tsunoda. It's all right to say, you know, those Ferraris don't look too bad. Just I just don't want to hear none of you saying stuff like go Red Bull. Yeah. That's blasphemy, innit? it? That's, that's not in our culture as no. Team LA. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that. But it's okay to sometimes say, you know, the McLarens look good today. Well, they don't. But yeah. No, they, <laughs> they, don't. Don't. they don't. But as I said, Nyasha, ride, ride the glitch. glitch. Ride the glitch. Yeah. Ride the glitch. There is a yeah. there is the title of the podcast right there. Ride the glitch. Uh Dens, ride the glitch. Thoughts. Well listen, I'm coming in with that heavy AMG propaganda here. Listen, I'm not taking no prisoners with <laughs> nobody fam because I'm still on this Mercedes AMG hype. Always have been, always will be. And listeners, the great saying is tough times never last. Only tough people last, okay? Okay, and secondly of all, yeah, like, I do empathise with people's concerns. I, I think everybody would have wanted, at least in the Mercedes camp, for Lewis to just have brought this nice W13 with his zero side pods, gallop into the distance, mash everybody up, and to secure the, the, the official A4 championship, no doubt. But having said that, you know, Mercedes aren't just here as like a little... Little man team, you know, Mercedes, big MB, Mercedes-Benz, mythical, brilliant. They're going to come back with the AMG sauce. Trust me when I say that. Trust me when I tell you that, guys, because, listen, my team, I'm accustomed to seeing my team holding up trophies. I'm used to seeing bare armpits and them things there, you understand? I'm used to seeing Lewis with champagne, a champagne lane, yeah? That's what I'm talking about. And honestly, like, Mercedes aren't no little man team. They, they ain't no, like, overrated gauchos and them things there, yeah? This is the flipping Munch Club experience, five-star extravaganza, yeah? <laughs> listen... So, yeah, I'm not going to be naive. There are problems. There is an elephant in the room, most obviously, with the car. We can see in qualifying that has a very narrow setup window. And unfortunately for Lewis, maybe his mechanics got a bit experimental and took it outside of that zone. But it's not the first time for Mercedes. I'd like to remind you guys of the, the W8, the Diva car which again also had very similar characteristics. It was very naive and very stubborn to kind of work outside of certain parameters. 
And ultimately, this is the whole point of these rules. These whole rules were designed to reshuffle the pack. They were designed to like put Mercedes basically on the back foot. So they're achieving their job for now, but we're only two races in the season. And people need to remember even, you know, the, the beloved W12 when it wasn't too hot to begin with. She was, she was just getting ready and letting the sauce marinate. And then come Silverstone, bam, new aerodynamic package, slap up Max. And then in Brazil, bam, I come with the salsa. I just come with sauce, the spicy engine, that spicy, you know, like Munch Club sauce. So, oh, I'm gonna, you know, oh. best believe you can't, you can't keep a good man down, trust me. And it's not over for Lewis. I, I understand that you have to be realistic. You can only go off of what you can see. But it's not over for them. They're going to be spending hours. I really feel sorry for George because he probably just thought, oh, um, yeah, you know, George. I'm just going to jump in and it's just going to be honky-dory. Man's going to have, like, the thing, like Uncle Ben's rice. It's pre-cooked for me. Pre-cooked. Microwave. <laughs> exactly. Slap the thing in the Jolene, microwave. Pick it with a fork. Stick it in there. Yeah, Two minutes. You got to boil the water. Right. You got to wash that exactly. thing you eight times. Wash the boil, okay? You got to get rid exactly. of all that starchy water, bro. <laughs> This is what I mean, you know? So it's going to be a journey and it's not going to be easy. Like, you know, I think we're all kind of getting that reality check, unfortunately. But I wouldn't say it's over. And again, I think the mere fact that they're not panicking, they're not shouting over the radio at each other, they're not imploding like a certain <clears throat> Red Bull powertrains and them man there. <laughs> you know, it, it shows to me that they may be working on something. And eventually when it does click, oof. Yeah. Mm. Well, look, there are there are <laughs> there are uh, rumors of potentially uh, upgrades coming uh, for Australia, which were meant for Imola, but they're trying to push it forward for Australia, uh, and that's weight reduction, um, uh, weight reduction uh, updates, floor updates, and uh, I can't remember something else as well. Engine updates are planning two updates between now and September when the cutoff is. Uh, for engine updates as well. So, look, Mercedes, when it comes to the Constructors' Championship, since the hybrid era, have not lost a single yeah, development war. The reigning champions. Yeah. And I would implore people to just know that, look, it looked tight in 2017 when Ferrari had a better car than us. It looked tight in 2018. It looked tight last year. And, you know, we and we didn't, we had our hands tied behind our back last year. So, um, for sure, congratulations to Ferrari. For sure, it's so good seeing them up there. I, I'm not going to lie, like, I have a soft spot for Ferrari. Um, I have a soft spot for Charles, for sure. I just want him to do well. Um, but, you know, I, I think, I think... Uh, Look, sometimes I support Arsenal, yeah? I support Arsenal since the day I was born, yeah? When I was born, and but when I started supporting them, we were sick, yeah? We were sick. And when I was... Oh, so old. When I was 16... <laughs> Uncle <laughs> <I> was... Nyasha. <laughs> allegations are going to start rising, my brother. Right, let, let me, you know what, yeah? This podcast is good because... It stopped me having a midlife crisis <laughs> at like 45, right? Fair. And you're nowhere near 45, by the way. I'm nowhere near that. But now I'm just fully aware that I am not viewed as a young man. And that's okay. That's yeah. all right. 
You're a prick. So, <laughs> so um, but when I was 16, Arsenal went the whole season unbeaten. We didn't lose a single game, okay? And I, I was like, that was, you know, we won the league and I was like, this is what sport is like. My team wins all the time. This is awesome. There was the next 18 years have not been fun at all. There's been the odd. Wait, 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 wait. Please do you... not compare Mercedes small Arsenal and their 18 year long. Well, obviously, no, I'm just do saying. No, I'm just Put saying. They're not the same. They're not the same. All I'm going to say, no, is that, yeah, mm. like when you're used to winning, <laughs> it does suck when you start losing. Like it sucks. It, it's, not, said, it's not nice. So you either choose delusion and ride the glitch or you sit there and sulk. Yeah. And sometimes it's okay to say, do you know what? I like the other team. I'm not their biggest fan. Beautiful gums. Beautiful gums. And yeah, I mean, it's... I'm not going to lie to you. You're a turncoat, but yeah, carry on. Huh? You're, you're, you're a glory hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I could have, yeah, yeah. been known by that. Yeah. <laughs> you knew who I was when you picked me up, okay? You knew who I was, okay? I've never been a liar about that, okay? But I will tell you that I definitely take my love for Lewis and Mercedes seriously. I am still always, when I say this, I'm not saying go off, spread your wings, little pretties to wears, yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. I am always team angel. And I was, as I was going to say, I'm going to admit this, this is my 25th year. The other day I was brushing my hair and I found a grey hair. Oh. And I honestly do not believe, yeah, yeah. Pardon? I, I found grey hair and I honestly do not believe I would have that grey hair if I hadn't started this podcast. <laughs> so, there's that. There's that. Yeah. But for the love of Mercedes and for the sport. And so I say, for the sake of my hair and my mental health and everybody out there, ride the freaking mental wave. Yeah, you know I mean, ride the glitch. Ride the glitch, guys. Ride the glitch. Right, the glitch. Uh, Tandy, that is mad. I didn't know that. That's yeah. assuring for me because I haven't had any. Um, so <laughs> we, we, uh, we move on. We move on. <laughs> Podcast is giving me grace. <laughs> oh, my God. You're like... Yeah. I, I don't know, yeah. I don't, please, guys, be nice to us. Stop sending us abuse, man. <laughs> <laughs> today, I did not. I just didn't need to see the abuse today. Please, yeah, please we went up to a madness this morning. It's not great, but anyway, yeah. look, paid the cost to be the boss, suffering from success, man. This is what happens, um, and this is why the guys who don't show that they're black, that's why they get away with it. All these people are using emojis as their pictures, and um, I criticize them as good. Show your you face. Say? Would you say you're black? Let us know. Let mm. them know. Anyway, look, that's your platform. You do what you want with it. Not the point. Anyway, move on to the race. Let's, I want to quickly touch on, before we get into style of the day, donkey of the day, I want to quickly touch on the Max versus Charles battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a round two, and already it's feeling eerily reminiscent of last season, this. Um... 
of two teams who are considerably faster than the rest and then two lead drivers who look considerably faster than their peers although max is i'd be paris yeah paris to paris did the madness and sorry i I mean i did want to save it because i kind of wanted to shout him out and start the day but Perez got done over and we can talk about that because there's a there's a donkey today yeah two days two right two weeks in a row that's gonna get discussed and there's obviously i think started there i think there deserves to be some respect there but let's before we get into that the battle between max and charles at the front uh and obviously this madness with the drs zone and charles kind of seemingly having the edge but then max uh taking it in the end um, Tandy, I'll come to you and then I'll come to you, Dens. Tandy, uh, what are your thoughts, I guess, on the emerging Max versus Charles? It's so right. fun to watch, isn't it? Sorry. No, it's, no, no, carry on. No, it's great. There's <laughs> no fucking Hamilton involved. I'm like, you guys go yeah. fucking mental, bro. Yeah. Like, it's so fun to watch. And as I said, when there's always uh, two drivers at the top, um, people pick a side. And it seems like Team LH has picked the, the obvious side. I will note, though, although it's similar to last year, um, the same grace hasn't been granted, um, wasn't granted to Lewis um, in a fight with Max. Max treated Lewis like absolute dog shit and he got away with it, whereas he's not doing the exact same thing with Charles. So we will, we have to do note that. So that is what's different. Um, but it's so much fun to watch. Just It's just so nice to see Charles happy in it. Like, bless him. It is nice to see him happy and it's nice to see, um, it's nice to see the actual the seeds that Ferrari have been sowing for the past two years. And it's interesting to actually see that they weren't bullshitting and they were actually doing their homework. And what can we expect in it? Some of us stopped doing upgrades last year. What do you expect? Eh? Sometimes you can't just have things handed to you, you know? Good you know, happened. so people did their homework. Yeah. And look, yeah. we were saying on this podcast, if that Ferrari wasn't number one on the grid, there would have to be serious questions because they mm-hmm. have spent two years working on it mm-hmm. off the back of an illegal car. So Yeah, um, and last year we just kept saying, Well, we'll see to we've made I'm I'm silent. I've swallowed my words. Absolutely. Yeah. I've I've absolutely gargled on it. Then <laughs> um that's mad. Then um, um the relationship between Max and Charles, and I guess the media kind of representation of it. Um, how are you finding it, I guess? How are you finding this new era of Formula One? Well, it's a great question there to segue into it, uh, Nyasha. Definitely. Firstly of all, let me say, huge Charles Leclerc standway. I'm telling you, he, he's, the, he's the realist. That guy is the truth. Honestly, he's a bad man, you know, tactical genius. And at the same time, he's He's that like tapped in their head with some things as well that he just he's go, a bit tapped in it. Yeah, he is. yeah, yeah. He is. He is. Tapped, he's just yeah. got that kind of streak of madness, like, and I think that is the Ferrari spirit, and it science almost calms it down a bit, you know. And plan A, plan A, plan B, plan B kind of thing, right? 
But no, I have to say he's had the measure of Max, you know, over the years. He literally had Max in his back pocket in uh, Bahrain, man. Jeez, he literally... He literally smoked Max like a galactical Dutch spliff. I'm telling you, it was mm, unreal. 3.5. Jeez. Smoked him. See the Red Bull powertrain up in flames like Gasly. I won't finish the rest of that because you know my other tagline. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, coming back to your question, no, I think it is interesting and there definitely is a difference in the narrative of how they put Max and Lewis and Lewis and, uh, no, what? Uh, Leclerc and uh, Max because it's almost as if they're treating um, Max and Lewis almost as is like you know the old guy versus the new guy and the old guy has been too dominant and now that you have Charles and um, Max they're treating it like almost like it's a new lease of life like it's Kane versus the Undertaker Um, they're trying to basically use these small stupid token gestures like them waving at each other at the end of the race like there's some huge big respect between them when it's not all that's a smoke and mirrors because we know as soon as them if the two of them get away and run off in the distance with the championship points they're going to be crashes there's going to be altercations it's going to get real real Real, real sticky, as Heady One would say, between the two of them. So, all this nicey, nicey stuff that the media is trying to do with the two of them is all oh, two generational drivers of the time, and oh, it was an incident, and, and all of these things. That's all irrelevant, and it makes me mad because to kind of to, to to kind of go to your point, Yasha, as to what you're kind of identifying. I see where you're coming from, bro. Is when it was Lewis, they went on every single limb they could. To discredit him, they tried to basically over amplify the Silverstone incident, which fueled racial tensions and racial abuse towards Sir Lewis Hamilton. The amount of stick that Lewis got for his um, driving with Max is almost nothing compared to how they're treating Leclerc. And another thing as well that they're starting to do, like, you know, subliminally, saying, Oh, Leclerc is so intelligent. He's so smart. He's, you know, he's using the DRS, which is cool. Give him credit for that. And by the way, I, did, I mentioned that in my, uh, my uh, hot lap guide as well. But did, back to did, the actual thing. Just like Lewis is just as intelligent. And I actually respect Lewis's way of racing Max because he had to deal with a more desperate Max that was literally fighting for a championship in a year where they didn't know whether or not they'd be competitive in the future. Obviously, Red Bull were putting that pressure on Max as well as their great white hope, as they love to say as well. Lewis really had a hard time and he still managed to go toe-to-toe. Whereas, well, I'll give uh, Leclerc his, his due flowers. Is he's not going to take none of Max's bullcrap. None of it at all. He's not on that. He's not on that at all. And going back to the media, yeah, it is a bit distasteful how, like, you know, when it's Leclerc and Max... Oh, yeah, no, this is sensational, generational stuff, blah, 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 narratives. But when it was Lewis, they took any opportunity they could to put him down. But I expect nothing less from these people because that's what all three of us, and I'm sure a lot of people watching the show, would have experienced that you have to work 10 times harder than your opponents just to even be on the same platform as them. And it's crazy ish that they still had the cool off room do you remember when they used to show you the cool off room mm-hmm. you hear people doing little snidey remarks mm-hmm. dirty looks would be passed i, I want to see the cool off room it wasn't called the cool off room it was the cool cool, cool down room cool, cool down, down room? Yeah. cool down room yeah um 
Yeah. I am not happy. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, bum, bum. <laughs> um, I just don't think that it's, I think like I said, Dad, I just think that it's, I think it's an absolute piss take from Sky to, and, and Red Bull themselves as well. I think Red Bull, I think in order of piss takes is Red Bull. No, it's Helmut Marco, then Christian, then Sky in terms of, are you actually taking the piss out of me? Like, am I a dickhead? Like you're, you're coming here telling me, oh, the battle with, I think Helmut said the battle with Ferrari is so much better now. Um, you know, Christian's come out and said stuff about it. I think Martin Brundle was like, you know, the difference, but you know, this season is so much more noticeable. There's no chance of Charles Leclerc getting racist abuse from the Orange Army. Like, that's not going to happen. I doubt Jos Verstappen is going to say that Charles Leclerc was handed some kind of performance enhancing drugs before a race. I doubt that, I doubt that Red Bull are going to go to the FIA and make statements against Hamilton's character or also against Leclerc's character. If they have a race, they're going to say like Leclerc deliberately took him out uh, because Leclerc's a, you know, a, a bad sportsman, this and the other. There were so many things last year which were rooted in racism, which we had to call out. So we then get labelled as sensitive or we get labelled as DTS fans even if I was a DTS fan, I could still see racism. Don't fucking like it. Doesn't matter when I started watching the sport. I know I've been black since I was born, brother. <laughs> and this, that is not the point at all. So, for me to constantly see these articles now, I just feel like I'm being taken for a dickhead because Red Bull fanned the flames, Helmut Marco fanned the flames, Sky Sports lapped it all up. And we're pushing Verstappen as this one of the greatest drivers of all time. I think they would say there was, you know, I remember someone saying he's a Dutch lion. He, of course, he's not going to pull out of moves, encouraging this dirty driving to the point where we were like, hey, this standard is not acceptable. That has now been rectified. The FIA report has now said that the style of driving that was seen last season would not be accepted this season. So what we were saying last season was completely correct it wasn't out of uh, it wasn't out of because we're just blind hamilton fans who can't see anything other than ad- admiration for hamilton so uh, yeah i just again this sport just really is just like one gaslight after the other and i just like this weekend obviously i'm in a bad mood we lost whatever like people can say that but I'm not fueled by the fact that Hamilton didn't finish well. I'm fueled by the fact that there's things which we have spoken about time and time again, and then we are told something along those lines months later, and it's like, well, hang on, you can't say that. Bullshit. But anyway, I'm glad that it's clean so far. I'm glad it's not toxic. I did notice the Orange Army, or sorry, I did notice Red Bull fans slash Checo fans all up in Latifi's comments sending all kinds of shit. I wonder if we're going to get statements from everyone. I wonder if anyone's going to... I mean, I don't see any like, you Checo fans, you... I'm not going to do the rest because that would be racist. So, (laughs) I'm just saying. 
it's not fun. It's not fun. And um, the way that Team LH get treated just for pointing shit out is a madness. And then it gets sold back to us as like... Banter. And, exactly. But anyway, let's fucking slander some guys. Donkey today. Let's go. That fucking industry plant Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> Get this guy off the grid. We tried. <laughs> yeah, we tried it. They said these men are bullying. Quick stop F1. You guys are really nasty to everyone. Can't you just like someone? I warned you about this industry plant. I could smell it from a mile away. We're tired. It's enough. Why are you here? How did you get here? Who dropped you? Know, we know how we got here. We know how we got here. No, no, we, oh yeah, we know how we we know how you got here. Who's funding you? I was doing the money sign for those on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah the money sign, the moolah. <laughs> Latifi, Latifi, Latifi. That's the craziest thing as well. How are you sure you even hit the rim? Like it's wild to me that you're still in F1. And also, Williams are going to get some of that second-hand smoke as well because that Josh Capio guy, oh, yeah, Russell's going to walk into Mercedes. Oh, he's going to wipe the floor with Lewis. Fam, focus on your own rascal team. Are you mad? Hey! Like, like, he's got bigger issues to worry about. You know? Big gonna... issues right now, Dead. Bro, big dead. issues. Big issues. Like the newspaper. <laughs> bro, bro. And, the, gonna... and they man need to be homeless. Like I'm just saying, like, because they, they've not gone forward. And look, again, I don't want to disrespect the people who work at Williams, okay? And I don't want to disrespect, yeah, like, because yeah. I actually realise here yeah, we have a platform and we're not just two people in on a podcast chatting shit anymore. We're not. We're not. Actually, quite big. Don't worry. Yeah. But... So I don't want this to come off as like the people who work in the team who go there and that's their job and you know you're working hard and you've had a you've had a really shit fucking long time, right? Seven, six, seven years, right? Or twenty eighteen really we would say. So what's that? Like four years. Um but Nicholas Latifi, I wanted to say this last season. I wasn't allowed to say it. I'm saying it this season. This guy is trash. He, he sucks. He's been trash. And he, his performance this weekend, if that was Mazepin, there would be worldwide denouncing of what he'd done. He'd been it in practice. Was it practice or qualifying? It was qualifying, wasn't it? Was it qualifying? Qualifying. Yeah. You've been it in qualifying. Then bend it before we've got to like what a third of the race. Like your teammate is driving that car fine. This is not like a harsh situation where the car is undrivable. Your teammate is driving that car, he's competing with the back end of the midfield. A driver that's not been in Formula 1 for a year, by the way. You've been there for two years straight. Embarrassing. Someone check his bank account now. Because there's some orange Look, money. The books aren't or- adding up. Bro, it's not adding up. There's some For orange sure. money. Where did that amount come from? Why did, they, why did they give you that random amount last year in December? Bruv, check his where fridge Where did that come well. from? All this Nutella that's in his fridge. Where's that coming from? Where's that coming from? I want to know. Is it from the Netherlands? Mm-hmm. Because it's not adding up for me, fam. It's not, I, I can't understand how you're bidding it twice. Mm-hmm. 
in in two days. I don't understand how twice in three races you're you're affecting the outcome of the race. And we're not allowed to be mad at you for Abu Dhabi for crashing on the last five laps when you're in 18th place. But everyone's no, everyone's sucking on the teeth. Everyone's trying to be nice. We're not. That's a mad thing you've just done, Tanya. Well, do you know what? Wait, Wait, I recently watched Meet the Parents, and he's like, "Have you ever? Have you ever watched Meet the Parents?" He's like, "How would you um, milk? You want to milk my cat?" (laughs) (laughs) That's what I just thought of. But that was the podcast, Tandy literally initiated milking an animal and putting that in her mouth. That is crazy. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. That's enough for me. Latifi, I'm done. You're first person on Fraud Watch. Like, done. Fraudulent activities, part two. <laughs> part two. Dens, part tell me about two. Latifi, bro. Bro, there's nothing to say. Honestly, my mom used to say, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Because that's what it's getting, it's getting that peak for my guy. Like, I shouldn't even be saying my guy. He's not my guy to begin with. But, yo, yo, just all you have to do, bro, is just drive the car, bring it home. Brother, the way you're driving, Williams are going to go and supersede their 140 million cost cap. You're going to make the whole team go bankrupt, brother, the way that you're, you're moving. Like... It's selfish. It's getting to the point now where it's it's actually selfish because why? Why? Like, like, why? And sometimes we know that the Williams is not a championship winning car. Cool. All it just takes is just getting some momentum, driving the car, letting the engineers back in the team, see the data, gathering all this thing that you can improve the car. They can't even do that because the guy's wrecking the car in lap 17. Yo, and again, just touching the point that you said as well, Nyasha, that, like, yeah, huge shout-out. It's not, like, the Williams mechanics or engineers. Or, those guys are working overtime, brother, you know, for the amount of work that this guy creates for them. It's the higher-ups. And where I was going earlier with my Just Capito comments was, you can't come out with all this chest, big man. And, you know, you don't have the bra to wear that, bro. Like, bro, you're going to have to do way, 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 way better. And Williams, it's sad. Because you would have thought that the new owners would re-inject some life into, you know, a, a sad ending of a family-owned team. And it's just stagnated. It hasn't improved, you know. And I only, honestly, I, I feel so sorry for Claire that's probably at home watching this, this disaster show happen week in, week out. And God bless Frank as well. Brother, I God just pray that you're yeah. resting easy. Because yeah, it's a disastrous great. monstrosity. Honestly, it, 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 it can't go on. And for all the talk, they need to show more ambition in their driver lineup. You've seen, and you said it perfectly, bro, that has to be in a toxic relationship. And then you see when you cut off the toxic relationship and you're just living that organic, free-range lifestyle. Brother, now you're flourishing. Now, now, you're, now your cup's overflowing. Now the Danish Viking is holding off Lewis. Credits to him. You know, now you're seeing that, well, besides Mick, which I'll leave for another day, you know, the car, both, at least one car is coming home, guaranteed, race after after race. And it's as simple as that. Sometimes teams don't need to look at the money. They need to actually look at the long term and the longevity of building a team, building drivers, building people around those drivers. And 
I can't see that with Williams. So it's unfortunate that they're in the position. But long may it continue whilst that sideman's inside there. Sideman at breakfast, sideman at lunch, sideman at dinner, sideman flipping at night when he's drinking his Milo and Horlicks. Absolute sideman. Coastler. And then and then man there. Nah, finish. 100%. He is... It's enough. I, I just had a I just had a look at the qualifying results and his lap that he did do was one point three seconds slower than Nico Hulkenberg in the Aston Martin. Context check as well, yeah. Nico Hulkenberg's had a you you know my guy's term big baby daddy and that he hasn't driven uh, in the simulator a lot as a part of his father's duties. He did no competitive racing you know, World Endurance, GT3s, none of that is on the sidelines. And he's had no input in the development of this new Aston Martin. Zero. From zero. And still, and even the Aston Martin's not one of the competitive cars right now. They're going through. You know, but even mm-hmm. then, just for the sake of pride, again, you, 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 can't, you can't make this stuff up. It's crazy. He's He's got to go. Like, like, he was already a marked man. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. Honestly, I'll be honest. Marked man from Abu Dhabi, yeah. Like, cool. You you fucked up. That's not your fault. Okay, you cannot start this season doing the same shit because now I'm like, like you're it's placing his, you're placing history. Your place in history is now like you're just you're pissing me off a lot. You know when someone violates you, yeah, and you forgive them, but you don't actually forgive them, and now they just keep violating. They keep violating. You're like, I'm not happy with this guy. I just there's so many talented drivers that could be on this grid that are not in this grid. There's so many drivers that it's a problem with the system. Tandy, me paid drivers. Some people say they're all paid drivers because everyone's got to bring money, this and the other. But um, do you, uh, I don't know. Is it even that much more to say? Do you think that there's? Do you think that F one F one has a problem? I guess right with the fact that teams feel they have to hire drivers like Mazepin, like Latifi, yeah. to bring enough money for them to run a Formula One team. Money will always run Formula One, just like we started this podcast on the discussion. Money will always dominate Formula One over morals, over sportsmanship, over talent, over a lot of things, yeah? He's just bringing in money. He's funding it. Oh, what I will say, I hope all the people that were getting at Joe Guan Yu for being a paid driver and not having any talent and not being deserving of a seat in Formula One. I'm looking forward to you guys and all your tweets, all your abuse, all your think pieces about this fucking fraud. Get him out. Donkey. Um, donkey, right. Um, I'm not here for any Joe slander, by the way. That's my guy. I'm proud. Wait, I'm proud of you. Proud of you. You wanna he he come and swagged up, okay? Joe is the best dressed after Lewis, can we just say? Effortlessly as well. Effortlessly. That's it. You can tell he hasn't tried. He hasn't tried. So I'm not here for any of that slander. That's my second driver right now, bro. Is it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's my second driver. Like because you know what, yeah? Big man thing. I I followed Ish. Mm. 
F2 last year. Yeah, yeah. I followed Ish. Like, I, 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 this season, I need to, like, I've missed the first two races. But last season, I followed it, yeah? He was a standout for you, wasn't he? I wouldn't say standout, but he was solid, right? He was a solid driver. He had a chance to win the title. He could have won the title. Mm-hmm. So, in no way was he ever on the level of Mazepin, of mm-hmm. like, he doesn't deserve to be here. But okay. there's characteristics that he has, his nationality being one, his ethnicity being one, mm-hmm. that people jumped at the opportunity to say he shouldn't be there. And obviously, look, Piastri won and hasn't got a seat. So I get it. But people who haven't won F2 have not got into Formula 1 before. Yeah. And people who have not done as well in F2 have got into Formula 1 before. So... Yeah, I, I, I will not have any uh, Joe slander at all. Uh, Dent, do you have a... Uh, hey, do you have anything to add to that? But do you have a separate donkey of the day? Ooh, well, um, not necessarily. No, I think you guys were on the money with your, um, your award there for donkey of the day. I think it's fully, fully justified, paid in full, like the film. <laughs> And um, the only other honourable shout I'll say for that as well is FIA, because I think that they truly screwed Lewis as well, indirectly. I'm not saying for the conspiracy theorists and people slam me, I think indirectly, because one, you had this debacle with the safety car line, Leclerc, not Leclerc, sorry, he had signs coming out of the pits, he crossed the safety car line first before Perez did. I'm not sure, obviously, that Perez crowded out um, science deliberately as Martin Brundle and the guys love to dramatise. But it was clear, even just looking back at it, that science had crossed the line first. Why was it that the FIA basically allowed Red Bull to make the call on it? And why was the move made after the safety car had started? Because then the issue you have with that is, is that essentially... Leclerc and Max had already jetted off. And by the time Perez had reverted the positions back to Sainz, Sainz had missed his ticket to try and pursue Max, which was completely unfair on him, considering he was the justified party in that. So the FIA screwed that up. And then the second thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roast them for as well, as we touched on, safety, um, the, the pit entry lane. And this the confusion of them not closing the pit lane entry when you had two clear cars blocking the entry, marshals pushing two cars down, and and yet like you let Magnussen and Hulkenberg pit, and then by the time Lewis would have probably had the opportunity to do it, he just said, "Yeah, lock up the pits. Pits closed." What, what what I'm gonna say is, I'm gonna have a discussion about this actually because my donkey of the day was going to be the Mercedes strategy team uncharted um, waters bro um i could have called this but i look and this is what i wanted to have a discussion about right because i again full disclosure after the race i went on in i went on in i went in on the mercedes strategy crew uh right and i was like these guys have history we're not sorting like the communication isn't good why didn't lewis come in magnuson came in we're now behind magnuson or we're now you know 13th 14th wherever we came out in the end we're having to recover just to get a point there are issues in that team it was a 3.9 second pit stop as well like 
there is something fundamentally wrong. However, video footage has come out. The Mercedes crew, I think there's an there's a message from Bono to say, obviously there's a car in the pit lane. However, box box. Lewis comes around like four seconds later. He, he doesn't want it. He, he he doesn't want it. Essentially, he looks at it. He's like, it's too. He said it's too late. Basically, I think that there is some leftover from Monza twenty twenty, um, where Lewis pits, even though he's not supposed to, and he gets a penalty. I think there may be even Russia twenty twenty leftover where he's done a practice start and uh, uh, he's got a penalty for it. I don't think there's a I we you know people on Twitter could talk about Lewis and Bono as much as they like, and I think they work well, but I don't think Lewis trusts the Mercedes strategy team as much as a seven-time world champion should trust their team, and I think we can look at Turkey last year where he should have come in, but he wanted to stay out on his tires, and that cost him third place. I think we can look at multiple uh, places where, and times when he has overruled them and it's turned out correctly. Uh, times where he's done what they've done and he's had to bail them out because of his strategy or because of his good driving. So this is a ramble to say, I don't think Mercedes strategy team are 100% at fault for Lewis not coming into the pits. So I'm not going to give them donkey of the day, but I don't think that the communication was as strong as it could have been. I think they could have been like Lewis. Yes, there's a car slowing down in the pit lane. Yes, there's marshals on track, but we need you to come in. If you don't come in, your the strategy is fucked. And if if you don't come in, then we're gonna basically the pit lane's gonna get closed, and you're not gonna be able to pit. We can all see that as armchair fans. Like if he doesn't come in then they're going to close the pit lane. We're just waiting for them to close the pit lane. We're like, it's an opportunity because like you say, Denzel, straight away they should have been like pit lane closed because there's a car, I think there's two cars rolling down the pit lane. And if you watch Magnuson's video of him coming in, he kind of crosses the line of, and you're not supposed to cross the line. Anyway, I've talked a lot, so I don't want to go on too much, but um one the fia contributed to mercedes wavering by not just closing the pit lane but two mercedes are not cut out for not being at the front strategy wise and i don't think that they do enough to enable lewis to feel comfortable enough in the car to execute snap decisions Denzel, I see you wanted to say <laughs> No, I think you articulated that point brilliantly, bro. Honestly, I think you've said everything I wanted to say there. Yeah, like, it always felt that Mercedes were going to be on the back foot with this one because they started the race in a hard tyre. And I think maybe the idea behind that was is because it's a new circuit, the, the surface is not abrasive, the tyre degradation is fairly low, meaning that everyone was looking to do the one stop. By starting on the hard tyre, that assumes that essentially they were going to run long and then put the heat on in the final segment of the race when they were on the softer compound compared to everyone else. The issue, and the real spanner in the works of that, of course, is Latifi having the crash on lap 17. And it puts you in a real sticky situation because it's a 50-lap race. It's lap 17. You'd basically have to do 33 laps on a set of mediums 
which I guess they didn't have the data for. So they didn't pay him under the first safety car. Fair enough. And then, like you said as well, you, you spot on the money with that as well, bro. I think had it just been any other scenario and they had nothing else to lose, they would have probably just tried to take the risk, unbox him anyway with that pit entry kind of gamble. But I think, again, they just had the ghost of Monza when I think they were harshly penalised because that car that basically caused the pit lane to close was nowhere near the pit lane entry. It was completely different to to what they did. That was. Yeah. Like, it's... it's it, uh, I think I want to save smoke for the F... Obviously, carry on. But I think we need to judge this new FIA team as harshly as we judged Massey because there's some stuff that's happening that is not correct. But anyway, carry on. So Dad. Yeah, it's shaky. And I'm glad we're going to touch on that as well. And then, yeah, with the whole, like, um, coming into the pits under the kind of safety car, cars blocking the entry, it's sticky. And you can tell with Mercedes, they don't want to take too many gambles right now. They know that they don't have the outright fastest car to just like basically pull off a masterclass as the English would say and you know like do it and you know that they're, they're adapting to that as well but yeah they kind of played their cards maybe a bit too safe maybe a bit too conservative had they taken the risk maybe he would have been able to overtake uh, Magnussen and whoever finished P9 as well but I think just uh, yeah P9 and P8 but again they, they looked at it and maybe they had shades of those previous incidents as well and people underestimate how much previous Incidents like that affect your judgment because you have to bear in mind, Lewis was so clear in that 2020 Grand Prix that Gasly ended up winning. He, he literally, that whole thing cost him a race win. So yeah, yeah. it's this fine, tiny margin sometimes that can let you down. And I feel, again, if the FIA are more just authoritative and they just they don't leave anything to be left to their imagination, they just come out and say, boom, this is what it is. No great area whatsoever then we will appreciate that more as the fans and i think the teams will be able to understand that too but then when you've got mercedes not knowing if they're gonna like basically impede a penalty and i watched it as lewis was going past well when you see the radio message and lewis drive ricardo was literally hopping out of the seat like this so if lewis only crossed the white line now whilst ricardo was getting out of the car you would have seen something else online Lewis is dangerous. Lewis didn't take the well-being of a fellow driver into consideration. You literally can't. You can't win. This you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. So, yeah, it's a wake-up call for them, and I'm I'm definitely hopeful they'll pick up on that. But yeah, just they they need to step it up. They need to continue turning the clocks and considering all options. <clears throat> and yeah, the, for the fact that they started on a hard tire was. It's kind of similar to how they were when they were dominant. You know, you could run in clean air and you had the luxury of just having the option of to go on what tyre you wanted. Now it's different. You can't just go on a hard tyre because if a safety car comes out and then you have to pick another mandatory tyre and go 30 laps on it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a tall order. Yeah, they've got to be more aggressive. And we've, we've always said that. Um, cool. I think that's all Donkey's star of the day. Um, I'm going to go first. Um... Okay. After you. After you. Um, you know what? Somebody, somebody tweeted me last weekend, last week, um, and said like, "Oh, I agree with Tandy. Like, we shouldn't like Russell." 
And you know, I just want to make it clear that's not what I was trying to say. You're the voice of the voiceless now. That's your, no, that's your crew. No, I You're actually, the Russell haters. No, I'm not part of that crew. I never said that. You guys didn't listen to me. You guys just see me and you think she's on crud. I never said that, Okay, I said, I could use you. The question Yasha asked was, why do you think there are some fans who have that opinion? Some fans, you did not say me. And I said, do not. Some people might look at him like a like a step parent that's come in, you know, like a stepmom. Yeah. Or come in and we are curious of him. Yeah, what did yeah. the fans run with? Tally's anti Russell. Get her. <laughs> but and also, well, well, not last season. That. Listen, last season you yeah. were. You know, you, last season you had you had trepidation about Russell that, joining. So I guess because we have fans who listen to the show. Right. And if you haven't listened to the show, I do advise you to go back and you listen to last week's episode. But I also need you to go back and listen to the episode where it was me, you and well, Aldous. Aldous, yeah. And you asked us again, you know, this one's the insinuate. You're the one who's making these people come after Instigator. me. Instigator, <laughs> yeah. You asked Tandy, what's your opinions on George Russell? And I said, you know what? I have bought the ticket, but it's not, you know. It's a return ticket. It's a return ticket. Open return. It's an open return. So yeah. I could come back anytime. Come back anytime. Anytime you want. Yeah. Yeah, but that yeah. doesn't just because I can come back anytime I want doesn't mean I'm not gonna go. Okay. You have I mean? you gone yet? I got on the train. Have you got a train? Obviously, I had to get on the train because <laughs> you got a train. So yeah, I've got to because last train home. I'm AMG. It's last train home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone else has gone. Everyone else has gone there. Everyone else has gone there. Gonna... Already got on the house train. Uber's fucking just four times like. I've been on free now. Free now's not working. Uber's not working. Bolt. <laughs> they banned me. Um, that's a different. That's a different. <laughs> but I thought you were Mrs. Bolt. You literally said that. You said Bolt. No. Oh, is that why Bolt know you by name? Oh my God. <laughs> that's hilarious. Anyway, look, I was banned from Uber for like two years. Were so, you? Yeah, back in the day, you could order Ubers with not enough money in your account. And then they would charge you afterwards. So I think I just done some mad long journey, yeah? And like, they're like, you owe us like 60 pounds. Like New Year's Eve, I went to like from London to Kent. And <laughs> it was like, this it's like, no, it was like 120 pounds or some shit. And uh, I just never paid it. And then I, I, after two years, it was like, uh, uh, I don't know, they just, they were just like, welcome back. I was like, oh shit. Been waiting for you. Big, big win for me. Uber everywhere now. Um, no, no, definitely I drive. But what are you saying? <laughs> Um, to be fair, I'm the same with train line. For some reason, train line, when they see me type in my name and my car details, they yeah. don't purchase a ticket. I don't know why that is. Well, look, and that's why she's having to get on the George Russell hype train, guys. Shout out to our guys who are not in England, who don't know any of the companies that we're talking about right now. Um, so, so yeah, train line have blocked me. Please unblock me, guys. You know, I travel up and down the country. I she don't. Does. She's international. Um, but yeah, um, I never said I was against George Russell. I just, it's not, and it's not even like a Valtteri Bottas. I look at him like a strict parent. It's more just one of those like, who are you? Man down, where are you from? Where, who's your <laughs> <brother>? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just one of them where 
who are you what you're about are you yeah are you gang and he and i've always said like he's a great driver and so i'm giving him my donkey i mean i'm giving him my star of the day okay that would be the twist i was gonna say <laughs> i'm actually giving him my star of the day because i think he settled well in the mercedes even though we're two races in, I do think he has settled well. And I just don't want you to think like Tandy's like against everyone. Like I think so we get got this agenda that like I just I just attack every I'm not an attacker, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Okay? Anyway, yeah, so yeah. Okay. No, I like it. You had to come in, do some PR. Yeah. Clean up your own mess. I, I, I like Damage <laughs> limitations. Damage, yeah, I hear it. I hear it. Look. I've got better PR than Latifi. I'll tell you that. Uh, well, one million percent. Oh, yeah. One million percent. So my team uh, don't fail on me, and I just, you know, just wanted to make it clear. And there was actually a page actually on Instagram that tagged me, and they were like, "She thinks she doesn't trust your." I didn't say that. <laughs> that is getting you're getting tagged by the blogs. The blogs started tagging me. She said, <laughs> he said that, and you know how when it runs with the blogs, you get yeah. those ten year olds like, ha ha ha, who asked this black. Uh, you see, this is what I mean about the blog, the blog, the, the platform growing. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, people do things with like good intentions, right? Yeah. And we're not blasting the people who share the stuff and um, we're not blasting, you know, anyone who supports us. Yeah. But we are experiencing all of this in real time. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Me and Yasha woke up to the most disgusting racism <laughs> In our Instagram comments this morning, yeah. I yeah. ate racism for breakfast. Are you hearing me? I ate racism. I'm laughing, but it's, it's, it's not nice. It no, was racism. Yeah, it's big. It, really it was disgusting. So yeah. when I'm saying this stuff, I'm saying it not only to clarify, but at the same time to just protect myself from those who were already waiting to attack a black woman in Formula One. You know what I mean? But yeah. No, thank you. No, that's a really good point. And yeah. like, again, as much as, as much as I am, I guess probably more prominent in yeah. like um, everything that we do, Tandy gets a disproportionate amount of bad Ooh. stuff. And that is just a highlight of how black women are treated in this world and f1 is a microcosm of that and i just for me it's, it's disgusting and it's like it's a big reason i guess why i i do try and deal with as much of this shit as possible because i don't want you to see that but I, you know obviously like yeah, you're, like, you're gonna go for our mental health man yeah do you know what I mean? you've got to see it but like it, it you know it like sometimes it affects me as well and yeah. you know i don't want to take this down like a depressing kind of route but yeah. i guess to counteract that the support that we get is incredible and we love it when you guys share stuff we love it when you guys do stuff i guess keep in mind if you do support us if you're sharing our stuff don't make it contentious talking points because that everybody hurts yeah everybody cries that was me that's why i got the red wine um my trigger finger my twitter fingers turn to trigger fingers i'm not afraid to to, to set it off to me that is not doing i mean neither am i but you, you know i feel like that's just the brand identity now um 
Sorry, Dens. George, quickly, because we've been on for a while. This might be the longest ever podcast we've done. You know what it is, yeah? There's no timer. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. For, for the last half an hour, I've wondered how long have we been putting for? And I was like, mm, I think we're like an hour, an hour and a half now. So, <laughs> so yeah, right in the glitch. Dents, big AMG Dents, Mercedes fan. Last time I spoke to you, obviously, oh no, that's why I spoke to you. We speak quite a lot. But last time I spoke to you on the podcast was the season review show i don't think we touched on george russell joining mercedes but as a as a diehard mercedes fan how are you finding george at the team because i'll be honest i think he is incredible i i he's i had high expectations and he surpassed those expectations but um i guess how have you felt about it yeah, well, first of all, Nasha, I'll come back to that question because it's a good one. First of all, I just want to say as well, you know, people that are like trolling and being really nasty online, listen, you don't need to do stuff like that. It's really unacceptable at this time that we have people doing stuff like that. I feel if you are one of those people sending either Nyasha or Tandy abusive messages, you need to get a life because it's not really good enough and you guys just suck. And personally, for me, it's not good enough. You know, everyone's entitled to have opinions. We don't have to agree all on the same things. But there's a line, and I've never seen Quick Stop ever cross that line or do anything contentious or do like kind of like witch hunt against people, which has ever been distasteful. So I would really appreciate if people could be just as respectful as they've been and, you know, show the, the love that they've exhibited all the time. Also, this is fans like myself. You see, any of that stuff happening online, report it straight away because we don't want to lose Tandy. We don't want to lose Nyasha. They literally, I need this content. It's like my, it's like my, it's like my blood. It just goes through my veins. I need it. And it would really suck for me if you guys felt like raw, like, you know what? I don't have to put, because you guys don't. It's honestly a choice for you guys. And you shouldn't be subject to these horrible trolls and, and wicked bad mind people. Fire burn them. So, Listen, that's just my quick, trust me, (laughs) like, they're just wicked, and, you know, like, yeah, you can, you can do the higher ground thing, and you could ignore it to an extent, but it does affect people, and it's funny how people will talk about Latifi's mental health like that, but then when it comes to us now, oh, like, we're just, we're we're exposed, we're expected to smile and laugh, and, you know, oh, it's okay, oh, yeah, no, it's fine, like, no, it's not good enough, stop doing that, if you don't like the content, cool, I'm sure there's something out there for you. But there isn't anything like us though trust me you know this is next level content and if you can't understand the plethora and array of brilliance yeah you, you, got, trust me like you know you've got some like jamie oliver jerk rice bland kind of people out here and i hate to see it but <laughs> we will do trust, trust me. Me. <laughs> but you know just back to the question now because i yeah. appreciate it thank you thank you Dan, for thank Anytime, and that's just me as just a fan calling it out as I see it. But to go back to the question, yes, Russell, super, super impressed with him. You know, I don't want to call him Mr. Mercedes. I think that that title is always going to be reserved for Lewis in my heart personally. But again, he's been a really great understudy, and I like how calm he is. I like how passionate he is. He's very good in the way he articulates his points. I think at times I was slightly worried about him because when he had the incident at um, Imola with Valtteri, 
he's quick not to really take accountabilities for his actions and he's very quick to, to be quite aggressive. But then I look at all the young drivers and I think all of them have that kind of dark side to them. You see it with Lando and the way that he treats Daniel. You see it in the cold and calculated way Max is. You even see it with the way how Leclerc is. So I think that's just a generational thing with all the young drivers. They got that, that kind of sick, kind of like nasty side to them. But so far, I think he's really understood the assignment you know, he's not too far off of Lewis either. And he's just putting in mileage. And that's what we love to see. Hopefully he can get a, a win. That would be really nice at some point in the season. But yeah, he just needs to keep his head down. Listen, get the tunnel vision on. Stay in your own lane. Work with Lewis. Don't work against him. Work with him. You know, that guy is brilliant. He's sensational. So you could learn so much, you know. And that is honestly probably one of the rarest opportunities that people get to say they worked alongside Sir Lewis Hamilton at the start of a new generation to collaboratively build the car. And, you know, he'll have the keys to the team in the future and he'll be the one that's going to progress them further. So, so far, super impressed, but, you know, it doesn't stop. He needs to continue the, the positive trajectory. 100%. I want to quickly touch on Sergio Perez. Well done. Proud. 11 years. A lot of bad cars you've driven or mid cars you've driven. Uh, I do like Sergio. I, like I, I take the piss out. I, I don't know what you know. No, let me not. Let me not lie. Yay. I didn't rate Sergio Perez. Okay, I didn't. And people would say stuff to us, and I'd just be like, you know, he's a big Perez fan. Um, Paris. Yeah, and every time she mentions, like, every time I mention Paris, she will say something. Bigger Paris on the chicane. Like, just watch Paris be like, "Why do you guys keep lying on my name?" Yeah, <laughs> I never said that. I didn't say that. I did not say that. <laughs> um, you definitely did because it was on Twitter, <laughs> and I will bring it up. But no, she was defending Paris, and you know, she always makes really good points about him. And there's probably things that when you're not a fan of him, you will not pick up on. Like, if you don't watch a driver properly, you might not pick up or something. Also, you know, my my wheel knowledge might not be as extensive as I'd like it to be. And maybe I need to, you know, start to, I think doing a podcast makes you start focusing on people that aren't your favourite driver more. And, um, uh, he's got some good characteristics. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, the glitch. Um, so all I would say is, I, we always knew the race craft was there. Well, I always knew the tire management was there. I think last year we saw the race craft with all his battles with Lewis. And I think if he can keep this up, I hope this isn't a fluke because I'd love him to keep this up. If he can continually out qualify Max, he is a big spanner in the works for Red Bull because he would have, I don't want to say he definitely wouldn't have won. And I think it's impossible to say there's always going to be some kind of safety car situation in Jeddah. But for that safety car to come out, the literal lap after he pitted was like, and to be fair, Red Bull got baited into pitting by Ferrari. So I don't even think that's when they wanted to pit. So it was either get done by the undercut or get done by the safety car. He was never going to win that race. So unlucky, but I'm really happy for him. I, I I really want him to just continue doing this because 
it'll be great. <laughs> I, I, I'm all over it. Um, Tandy, thoughts on Sergio Perez? Checo? Okay. <laughs> oh man, that silence is brilliant. Um, <laughs> oh man, Bad B Perez. Listen, I, I've actually always been a fan of him because he was a Ferrari Academy driver to begin with. Uh, did years at Force India, then got the chance at McLaren when I think Lewis left, which is quite big. Lewis's replacement, yeah. Exactly. But again, went to McLaren at the wrong time. Didn't work out for him there. Ended up going to a meaty midfield team. He's been part of the furniture at Sauber and then Force India. And then what people will forget as well is he was the big part in that racing yeah. point. Um, you know, like uh, VJ Malia kind of um, downfall of the team when he saved all of the employees and the jobs by basically helping initiate the administration process so they could find a consortium of new buyers being Lance Stroh's dad and some other multi-billionaires as well. So he's done his charity work in the sport. His, like, you know, outright pace has always been an asterisk and his qualifying as well has not always been the best. But then again, you don't get points on Saturday. Everything has to be done on Sunday. And he just has a way of just caressing, like literally, Perez is that guy that you just go to like the spa, he's just caressing the tires nicely. He's, he's chatting to the tires. Now you could, if Perez was a guy in the club, you'd be the smoothest guy with Smooth the tires. Operator. Wait, this guy, he's like massaging, just nice to massage on the, on the tires, not in the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, in the, yeah, he's, yeah, in the yeah. club, he's hands feet. Consent, consent. Consent. <laughs> consent is sexy. But at the, at the massage parlor, where you're allowed to do that, caressing it mm. nicely. Mm. Oh, Sergio, this is so wonderful. I will last forever on track. Exactly. On. <laughs> and, you know, that is one of his biggest strengths, which you see in the safety. Funnily enough, Perez was actually, he was a, like, I guess, a victim of his own strategy. Because if this was Perez in an uncompetitive car now, he would have been one of the guys basically on a hard tyre or like yeah. a soft tire. And he would have been one of those people that would have stayed out and then gained positions under the safety car if it had yeah. come out later. So funnily enough, he was actually a victim of his own, like, you know, strength. Yeah. But in that sense as well, yeah, like as much as I don't like Red Bull, I don't like what they stand for. I, I, like we don't even need to get into yeah. them man and their, their 19th K-man century logic or thinking. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, he he's the outsider of that. Um, I think he's a good ambassador for himself. I think there's a lot of insight as well because he's not taking Max's setups. He's trying to do his own setups, which is good. It's nice to take your own direction, do your own thing because when Max is suffering with his one carat boots and struggling, then, you know, Perez can do his own thing and have his own route to, the, to his destination, which is brilliant to see. So, yeah, like you said, I hope they can keep it up. He should be able to, but again... You never know. And if it's a case where Max gets the upper hand and he's the lead driver into a championship, I do fear that they're going to basically use Perez as a, as a chicane, shout on the chicane, as um, just an obstacle course to the Ferrari drivers or anyone else that's going to put a threat to Max. So he really has to fight for his position. He does. He does. He does. Well, look, big up Perez, big up George, and big up Denzel. Well, who's the driver of the day? Like, That's what we're doing. We, I okay. feel like everyone's forgotten how the format goes. So it's one each, not one oh. overall. Okay. But quickly, because we have been on here for, I think, for an hour and 45 minutes. Um, what? I think so. If we started at like quarter to 
tend to. This is a long one. So content for this. Content. For, look, there's a lot of fan camps going to be made out of this. Trust me. Um, dental. Quick one. Driver of the day. Listen, Ocon, Ocon. Honestly, the the French, the the suave French guy with the the Jenny Sequois, as they say, you know, Jador. <laughs> Uh, Esteban Ocon, honestly, brilliant. He was fighting with Fernando Alonso. Listen, he wasn't having none of our retirement plan. He was sticking it on my man, which is great to see. Nice as well that Otmar Satnav and them man just let them race on circuit without the team orders. Great. He was defending from George Russell as well, which gets a lot of hype from the British media. Yeah. And again, he's one of them guys. I think uh, Tommy would say this as well. He's just slept on. He's just slept on, but again, he's a dangerous guy. You give him the right tools, right cars, you can just pull yeah. up on a matting. So I, I highly enjoyed him uh, and Fernando Alonso's battle. I think Fernando ended up winning out in the end, but he ended up retiring. And uh, look, I think that's going to be a fascinating battle to see. But look, guys, we've got to bounce. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Longest podcast we've ever done. But. Oof. I think that it was, I think fans are going to like it. I think there's some really good shit in here. Um, I've really enjoyed this chat. Dens, thank you so much for coming on. I think there's a round of applause. Hopefully everyone can hear that. I'm going to just turn it up. See, there you go. Uh, round of applause for you. Stop. Um, and where can people find you? Oh, I, I just try and keep it simple. And it's literally just AMG Dens. You don't know where to find me. Literally, listen. I'm on fire like Gasly in the streets. They call me Planting Piastri, man. Yeah, that's that's all I have to say. AMG Dens, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all the same thing. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so, guys, make sure you go and follow uh, Dens. Make sure you listen to the podcast. Can you say the name of the podcast again, please? Yeah, so you've got the DRS Zone with myself, Rhett Jackson, and uh, also Rory Dunn. And then also, I'm in the Salankan market as well with my oh. good friend Georgina Donna as well. Nice. She has a segment called Stripping the Dipping. So... We talk about a bit of F1 stuff there too. And again, interesting to see different perspectives in different parts of the world we wouldn't imagine. So shout out to Georgina as well. For sure. I think uh, I think she messaged us to, to go on there. So maybe uh, I might go on there and maybe Tandy, if Tandy wants to do press relations, we will see. One uh, of us. One of <laughs> us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, we're going to go. Follow us. Like the video. Subscribe. Review. If you listen to this on Apple, I beg, review. I might actually just start a competition in a minute because we only got 17 reviews. I need more. Yeah. I need more. I need we'll more. do a giveaway. We'll do it. Giveaway. Do a giveaway oh. because we might be yeah. able to do yeah. We're going to be able to do that soon. Yeah, Look, yeah. guys, um, not going to lie to you. There are going to be some changes around here. There are some changes around here. There are going to be some changes around here. Um, we are going to start putting adverts on the podcast yeah. um we have enough listeners to do that now you will be interrupted by adverts yeah. conversely there will be a patreon if you want to have an ad free uh broadcast and if you want to support us and, yeah. and do that and we'll be able to obviously then create more content someone sent us a message really appreciated it they're like love your stuff we need more uploads 
trying. There's one person. There's <laughs> one person. Literally one of us. There's only <laughs> one of them. I can't edit. Like, yeah, it's just me, I'm bro. Just, I'm just, just here for a long time, a long time. Like, but luckily, Tandy secured us something else today. So, join yeah. But round the run. Look, that's not here nor there. But be aware of that. We're going to announce that probably after the Australian Grand Prix. So, the Australian Grand Prix is probably going to be well, actually, no, this might be the last one where there's no adverts and then Australian Grand Prix. So, look. We got, we got Hollywood on y'all. <laughs> we, yeah, and we, we, need, look, we need the money. So, <laughs> we don't. That's it, we don't, but it would be nice. Anyway, guys, love you. See you. Oh, Tandy. No, please don't ask me, please. No, okay. Okay. At some point, you... I. <laughs> We need something to close the show with. We can't just keep saying bye. Okay, well, look, that's what we're going to do. Guys, we will see you um, uh, for the pre-race show uh, for the Australian Grand Prix. Am I going to do that live? I will decide on the day. It's at five o'clock in the morning. That's in two weeks time. So enjoy the break. Let's revitalize ourselves. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you for the Australian Grand Prix. Take care. Bye. Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. What's going on, everybody? This is Tristan Mack Wilds, one third of Guys Next Door. And if you are hearing my voice, maybe you should be listening to Guys Next Door. If you ever wanted to get into the mindset of the young black millennial man, all of the things that we go through, love, sex, relationships, financials, technology, mental health, and everything that lies in between, this show is for you. Now, I don't know what you guys are doing. I know you guys are probably listening to a really, really nice podcast, but make sure you guys go subscribe right now to Guys Next Door, and we'll see you guys in the neighborhood. Peace. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.